Welcome to Unsafe Space, everyone. I'm your host, Carter Laren, and I'm joined as usual by the bad mamma jamma, Carrie Smith. Carrie, say hello. Hello, Carter. Uh, this is the this is an episode of Deprogrammed. We haven't done a Deprogrammed in a while, um, where we talk about my old ideology, SJW ideology, and all the different ways it manifests. The fun with ideology. That's what this program's about. That sounds less exciting and fun than it is. But uh, <laughs> today we have actually, am I using your, I, I don't even know if I'm using your real name, um, but I think I am. So I'm going to introduce you by your real name. And if you don't like it, we'll cut it out. Uh, we okay. have Jennifer Richardson with us, who is, she identifies as Lil Ragamuffin. Um, she's a natural born female who enjoys her stereotypical gender role as wife and mother. She took her love of sewing from a hobby to a kick-ass business, designing unique sewing patterns inspired by vintage styles. Uh, you can follow her on Instagram at lil underscore ragamuffin underscore. Or on Facebook, there's a Lil Ragamuffin group, and there's Ragamuffin patterns. And you can go to littleragamuffin.com. So, Jennifer, welcome. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's going well. I didn't just out you, did I? Um, no, I mean, it's okay. <laughs> I did. I outed you. I, well, we can start over. <laughs> so, okay. So the thing is, we can talk about this later on too, but during the whole thing, there was a woman and people were sending me screenshots from other subgroups and she's like, I know where she lives and so forth. And it was like this whole thing of, I'm going to tell everybody in her local community that she's a racist and this and all kinds of crazy stuff. So, I mean, I mean, I'm out there anyways, but um, my, most of my social media, except for in my group, and Carrie's in my group, um, is my real name. But that's like, so I guess it really doesn't matter. Well, that that is terrifying because oh, that's yeah, no, taking fun. bullying. <laughs> yeah, beyond just online stuff, they're trying to like come after you in real life. But let's really back up. up. What'd you say? I said, I don't even know if was, that woman really lives in Vegas or she was just trying to be like, I have information, I'm important. You know? Yes. Yeah, well, now you've just outed yourself attention. as being in Vegas. You know that, right? Well, I put that on everything. My first pattern was a Vegas sundress, so. Okay. <laughs> it's not well, secret, so it's okay. Well, let's back up. Let's so people who aren't familiar with what we're talking about, we kind of just jumped into it with people trying to out you and and come after you in real life. Um, let's back up and talk about how you got in that predicament. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Why are so we bothering to have this ago. worrisome discussion about you being outed? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Three months ago. <laughs> Sorry. So three months ago, we did um, a video. It was about. It was called "How to Survive an SJW Outrage Mob," and in that video, we did um, two case studies, two recent examples of mobbing by people I, I call SJWs, I used to be one, people who subscribe to a certain belief system. And one of them was in the knitting world and it was, um, it was a, it, that particular one was, a, a, a we thought the person had chosen the wrong way to deal with it, which was to apologize to the mob. Uh, her yarn company, she had a yarn line called uh, Asylum Knits and they, they said it was offensive to people with mental illness. And she apologized and she did the bowing and scraping and kissed the ring, which I have, we've talked in great detail about why we think that's the wrong response. But what I loved about discovering you and we found you at the same time was that 
I, here's a woman who's being attacked by the same mob, different issue. They go after different issues. And you dealt with it differently. So uh, why don't we tell people a little bit about the pattern, the name of the pattern and the pattern and what the, how did you experience, how did you find out there was even people coming for you? Okay, so the name of the pattern is the good old boy. It's a Western style men's shirt. Um, there's like kids version, there's women's dress. I've got a whole collection called the Western collection. So what happened was um, in November, I was celebrating my two year uh, anniversary for my pattern company. And I was doing this huge giveaway and each couple days I was doing different um, sales and giveaways. And during this specific time, I was promoting the good old boy and the Western uh, collection. So I'm in one of these, you know, Facebook groups and someone says, oh, that name, huh, question mark. And then someone else says, yeah, sounds racist to me. And I said, I said, racist, what are you talking about? And then they're like, you can't tell. And it was this whole back and forth for a second. And I finally was like, hey, this sounds like newspeak. And I closed my laptop and put it away. Uh, about an hour later, you know, I'm getting notifications on my phone. So I go back and it's just like huge people are sending me private messages saying oh they took it into the free speech group which is not a free speech group um <laughs> is it an anti-free speech group it's, that's where they go to cackle with each other um and come up with this stuff and it was crazy and at that point i was like freaking out because i'm like what the heck they're gonna try to ruin me now um so my husband's like just put it away just don't even look at it. So that's what I did. And I woke up in the morning and I was just like sick to my stomach. Um, all my like testers and admins and they were being attacked horribly and called the worst things. Um, I don't know. So I was kind of being pressured to when change you, the name. When you say testers, you mean people who test your patterns and, and yes, pose? Yes. So, so we do... Um, we do about two to three weeks after I develop the pattern and make it a workable pattern. Um, we go into about two weeks or so worth of testing where I have volunteers. I don't pay these people. They willingly do this. Um, they print my patterns because they're PDFs. Make sure everything prints right. They sew it. They model it if they choose to. I don't even require that, um, which is important for later when they talk about the guys on the cover. Um, so. So yeah, testers, so they, they go around and they go on Facebook and they say, hey, um, check out the new pattern and it's great and here's pictures to promote it. And so they were getting attacked too? Yes, yes. So I put uh, an initial statement out that next morning because I was like freaking out and I was like, hey, you know, I never apologized for the name. It's very, I, I never did that. I, what I did was I apologized to my testers and to my admins who were going through the craziness. Um, and I said that I would possibly think about changing the name because I didn't know what to do at that point. So I was thinking about maybe doing that. And as I was going through those steps, somebody was sending me screenshots from that free speech group. Um, and they were saying, oh, look at her whole collection. She named the whole thing Western. Oh. That's the problem too. Oh, this is the problem. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, holy moly. Like, okay, so I openly tell you people, I may change the name. 
I'm thinking about it, right? So, so, so lay off, like just leave my people alone. <laughs> but that wasn't good enough. And at that point, I just realized I was like, you know, f you people, like I'm done, like this is not happening. And then I put the, I took that one down and I put up the other one that you guys caught. And I said, not changing it. So I just a quick clarification here. Their their beef with you was the name, good old boy, and the name of the collection Western was like that was what caused this frenzy, the name? Apparently, yeah. Yeah. I mean Okay. <laughs> there's okay, so there's like drama like women are the worst. And I'm just gonna say that because they're emotional and like growing up I didn't have very many girlfriends, you know, I just they, they were clicky. And they go through like so and so said and so and so and this and that and they all want to like attack. It's it's a horrible thing that women do to each other. And here we are trying to better women and be um, I don't know what's the right word. I'm losing my words. I don't know. Be supportive like, of each yeah, other. Yeah, be supportive and lift each other up. And you know the women's movement and all these things. And you know and and, and they're doing the complete opposite. They're tearing women down one by one ruining individuals and it's it's, it's horrible you know you know I you're, you're reminding go ahead i was gonna say it reminds me of the um we've we've used this phrase before but the mean girl phenomenon in high yeah. school never saw that movie but i know yeah 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 i don't think you need it's to like a click you don't need to see it yeah we all went through that yeah we all knew the we all knew the clicks of of um there's something about so I think, obviously, I think men and women can be equally um, toxic in their behaviors, in their interpersonal behaviors. It's just that the way that the toxicity manifests in women tends to be more of this, um, women are higher on average in neuroticism, right? And women are higher in average in uh, compassion, openness, like care, care, you know. Agreeableness, that's the word I'm looking for, Carter, right. one of the big five, which means, which is biologically makes sense because we're built for taking care of young adults, or not adults, but young children <laughs> and helping them grow into adulthood. But sometimes that can, if, if it goes off course, like all those, th those things that are built for, like, for good reason can be employed for bad reason. You can see women, it's almost like... Um, uh, like a lot of these women who form these little mobs and go after people, they some of them I think really believe that they're protecting some some kind of stand-in for young for for people who need protecting. It's always like we're here to protect for the marginalized people. We're here to stand up for and and they're sort of promoting themselves as this uh, mama bear figure for people who aren't even asking for their help. <laughs> Well, being a, having a having someone to protect is the excuse that women need in order to be um, mean and vicious. So, like guys, guys' toxicity tends to just be like we can be aggressive without having a reason, right? But women tend to like need a justification and like, oh, well, if it's for the kids, kids, then now I'm allowed to be an absolute right. monster. Um, right. So, like guys, I think. I think men are more like they'll have a big the blow up, you know, the fight or whatever, and then they get over it and it's mm -hmm. done. It's yeah, you like, go out to a beer after you have a fist fight and then you go drink a beer together yeah. and it's done. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And women are different though. Women are they'll just keep it going and they they go like the long game. You know, they want to they want to tear you down. They want to bring you to your knees, which is what I, I guess 
I experienced. Um, I didn't get that far. They didn't get that far, but... You're reminding well, me of something. Talk- I remember reading. Hold on, I remember reading um, about this. It was an interesting phenomenon. It was, um, it was about it. It was about uh, women trying to rise in the workplace. And one of the interesting things was that a lot of women were saying that the the biggest barriers, the people that were trying to keep them down the most, were actually not the men. It was other women who were vicious about letting them rise through the ranks. It was women who were like, their superior, their superior women were, were really, really, uh, you know, vicious about trying to stop them, which I, which I always found very fascinating, especially since the narrative is like, it's the patriarchy that's stopping you. Uh, sometimes, sometimes other women aren't your best friends. Yes, that alpha female, every woman wants to be the cutest in the room or the this or that, or, you know, they want to be the one with the attention. And if someone else is getting that attention, that's where you get that mean girl thing going on. Yeah. Or they want to be in the mean girl click and have that, you know, we'll do anything to get there. Yeah. Yeah. So I I want to back up and talk uh, a minute about the, um, the phrase good old boy and the assumption because we read some of the comments that people and and you got barraged with comments on your wall um we read some of the comments and people were just out they were just asserting that good old boy means racist they weren't offering any argumentation to explain why it meant racist to them they were just saying it as if it was a fact and you correctly pointed out a lot of the testers a lot of the models, the men modeling the clothing whose wives or maybe they sewed them, but I think some of them I saw their wives came in, their wives had sewed the patterns and they modeled them. They were men of color modeling yeah. your clothing. And yeah. and so tell us a little bit about what is good, does good old boy to you mean white men? Yes, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. What does like, it mean? Okay. I love, I love Waylon Jennings. I love country music. Um, yeah. I don't, I'm not like flying a Confederate flag or anything over here, you know, but like I, you know, the good old boy, I like Dukes of Hazard. So it's, you know, that song, it's that culture. Um, it's, it's a little it rockabilly, not, is that right? Yeah. A little? A little bit. Okay, but not really. It's more wet. It's more like old school honky tonk western. Yeah, 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 yeah. Honky tonk western. That's why it's in the western collection. Like it's, it's a name that it, it's it's you know like a guy that he's he's he cares for his family first, his country. He's he's God fearing probably. I mean, it's just he's a good guy. Maybe he does some things that are slightly, you know crossing the line here and there but it's nothing vicious or malicious you know what i mean like it's it's a good old boy i don't know <laughs> i didn't really think I, that much into it when i named it you know what i mean i was just kind of like hey i like this name it fits um so that's what i but did to and be that clear was, but it, there's no racist connotations and it's not about race to you no no <laughs> No, I just want to make make that clear because people talk about it in that in your in those hateful comments. They talked about it as if it was a foregone conclusion that this is a racist term. They're they're putting they're the ones putting that racist tag on it. They're the ones, you know, like I can I don't know if you guys want cussing on here, but you can cut it out if you don't. 
He's like, you can be like, hey, bitch, how's it going? And I'm just be like, hey, Carrie, you know, you're my bitch, you're my friend. Or I can be like, you fucking bitch. Like, there's, I mean, it depends on how you're going to take that to yourself and how, you know, what you want to see in it. And then again, how someone's voicing it to you. So if I name a pattern good on boy, I, I did not name it, you know, hey, racist boy. Like, I didn't. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I didn't say anything to those people to anybody. I went and liked some comments. That thread was crazy. And I just want to actually, I before we go um, way deep into this, I want to tell you both how much I appreciate you guys actually seeing that. Like, I didn't think anybody was going to see it. I thought I was digging my own hole at that point. Um, and I told, you know, I told a couple of my friends, I was like, I'm going to burn this thing to the ground before I let anybody tell me what to do with my business. Um, so, so, but thank you because without you guys, like there wouldn't, I, I don't know. I can't say for sure because it's already happened, but the support was amazing. Well, well, you're welcome. We, we, um, I, I, we've just been interested in the different ways this man manifests in different communities. And I'm sure you're aware, um, cause I, in the knitting world, how they went after several different, um, pattern makers, um, yarn dyers, and um, you, your your case, your example, I think of it as a case study. Your case study, I know you're a person and you're a living, breathing human and you were just making the best decision you could. But yeah, you were a great case study because like, well, what you just said, you were like, I'm gonna burn this to the ground before I change my business for you people. I like that you, A, took the time to think about it. And you said, I'm gonna go think about what you said. And, and then when you didn't come back with the response that they wanted, they were outraged and they, they were like, but she said she was going to think about it. Yeah, that means think about it. That doesn't mean that come back from those thoughts and automatically agree with you, but that's what they want. They don't want you to actually think and reason through what you want to do. They want you just to immediately kowtow. And you came back, you thought about it, you took your time, and then you said, you know what? I don't think there's any truth to what you guys are saying about the name and that's not what it means to me and I'm going to continue to put this out and that is so fearless. I love it. It was it was just a great example because it's like I and I said in the video where we talked about um talked about this a few months ago I had just watched some clips from Braveheart and you made me think of William Wallace <laughs> because because he was like, you know, they're asking him, why don't you just kiss the ring and bow to the king and save your life? And he's like, because my life wouldn't mean anything if I don't if I don't have self-esteem and stand up for my freedom to do what I want and to, and to believe what I want. And you modeled that so beautifully. So. Thank you. Thank you. There was a lot of drinking that week. I was. Um, <laughs> it was horrible. Like, well, okay, funny, funny story. So, this all came crashing down. I think I put the, oh no, I did, I put the statement out. My husband and I um, went out that night and we walked by a piano bar and lo and behold, they're, they're playing um, a, a Miss American Pie. Yep. And we walk up right as they're like, and the good old boys are drinking whiskey. And I'm like, see, it's not racist. It's not racist. Like, and he's like, all right, calm down. So it's like, that went on for about a month, like every time I'd hear it, because I was then I was hearing it all the time, more than I had ever noticed. And it, I was like, what is wrong with these people? So it's just, it's their problem, it's not my problem. 
And that's what people have to remember. You guys have to remember, like, if this happens to you, it's it's their problem. They're the ones having the issue. It's not with what you're doing because if, in your heart, you know it's not a thing. It's not a thing. I mean, that's it. And fortunately, I feel like I'm intelligent enough where if it does, my business did go under, I will just buy a new domain tomorrow, change the name, and put it all <laughs> back out there again, and I will be fine. You know? Yep. You know, while we were talking, I just, out of curiosity, I was like, well, what's the etymology of good old boy? Because, um, you know, sometimes they like to, like, resurrect stuff that used to be racist and isn't anymore. Um, and so I, I looked online at dictionary.com and I looked at Merriam-Webster. Both of them have, um, so Merriam-Webster says good old boy is a usually white Southerner, a usually white Southerner who conforms to the values, culture, or behavior of his peers. The, the dictionary.com says, a male who embodies the unsophisticated good fellowship and sometimes boisterous sociable regard, sociability regarded as typical of white males of small towns and rural areas of the South, or a person who belongs to a network of friends and associates with close ties of loyalty and mutual support. So I was thinking, so the, here's the problem. The online, the dictionaries start to change their definitions as the, as the world becomes more woke. So I have old dictionaries with me um, on the shelf behind me that I sometimes use to double check to see if they've tried to change definitions. Unfortunately, good old boy wasn't in uh, the old dictionary I looked at, but I did find something interesting. Uh, even on dictionary.com, they admit that the origin, this was first recorded in use in 19, between 1970 and 1975, which means... It's very unlikely that the origin was some sort of weird slave owner or southern thing. It's a thing from the 70s. Um, so, uh, you know, even if it even if it refers to mostly white men, which I don't think it does. I, I've never heard that well, connotation. You, know, you have to think about the society as a whole where whites are the majority in America. African-Americans are, what, like 13 percent? I think so. And so I'm just saying, like, so you're going to attribute to the Southern, the good old boy, it's mostly white. Well, probably because. Because America's know. mostly white. They've got yeah. the stuff. Right. Right. But it doesn't, even if it were true that it was a term just used for white Southerners, which I don't, I don't necessarily believe this dictionary. It's not. Even if it I'll were true. It's not it's racial. It's not. Right. No, I, I agree with you, Carrie. I don't, I, don't think it, I don't think it was either. But even if it were true, that doesn't make it racist, right? Um, if, it's, if, it's, if it were a descriptor, like if you were to sell a kimono and say, like, this is the kimono collection, like, well, yeah, that, that relates to Japanese people, but it doesn't mean it's racist against everyone else. It's just about a certain culture. So um, even if they were right about the origin, which I don't think they are, uh, it still wouldn't be racist. I guess I wanted to make that point. Thank you. That's a good point. Well, I, I'll say anecdotally and colloquially, the, the, just the fact that you had, um, well, first of all, in my personal life, I know a lot of good old boys. I'm from South Carolina. I live in Texas now. Um, I can count on, like, if I just start thinking of them, it's like, yeah, there are men of color in that group. My plumber is a good old boy. He's not white. <laughs> And he's one of the he's one of the goodest of the and the oldest of the goodest and old old boy. <laughs> like he's just you know? Like I it's a for me, if I were to define it, it's just um like you said, it's sort of a uh it's the guy who's like 
beer drinking, drives a pickup. For me, it's more about like a style of clothing and attitude. He doesn't take crap from anybody. Um, he might be, he might say things that are uncouth, but he means well. And he's, he's the kind of guy who'll stop his truck and get out and help you fix a tire. And, you know, he knows how to use his hands. And he's probably a working class he's a profession. Toxic male, right? Toxic masculinity. You're right. right. <laughs> he, right he's the, he's the male have... from Gracie's book in the in the town that Gracie wrote about. That's what yeah, he is. Yes. Yeah. He's a good old boy. You know. Yeah. Our, well our friend Gracie West. You know. Yeah. yeah. Our friend Gracie West has a book that's out, and he's definitely she writes about some good old boys. But it's not for me. It hasn't ever had racial connotation, and so. I agreed with you and I saw your point of view and I was like, a, a lot of the people who seemed to uh, ascribe that to it were people who also ascribed a lot of negative stereotypes just to um, the people who use the term anyway. They were saying stuff about, you know, drink your Budweiser's and chew your back yes. your and I'm like, you guys are all, are you all Northerners? Like this is a, <laughs> like, you don't even, you don't know any good boys anyway. I am from Illinois. I come from the land of Lincoln. I'm Northern Illinois. I'm not. I'm not Southern, born and raised. I live. I live where I live now because we moved here. But I am a Midwestern girl. Like, <laughs> so yeah. I'm not like this crazy, racist Southern chick running around naming things racist. So. You know. If you if you'll notice something about the social justice left is they have a particular hatred for. Uh, basically lo what they view as like lower class white society especially southern whites um they really hate them um and that's why they have all that they like everything is mocking you so remember the other day was it a couple weeks ago cnn had a whole thing where someone you know one of their guests jumped into a southern accent to, to try and when they were trying to act like this is what uh, dumb people sound like do you remember that yeah i do yeah so this is just this is how they view the south generally which is uh we should point out that's racism it is yeah it is and you know i had um several of my admins and and people like totally left and bailed on me i had all the vendors and stuff because i had a month-long giveaway thing going on they all bailed they all took off um and someone's like well you know, how would you like it if someone called you a redneck or a hillbilly? Well, I'd be like, okay, I, I don't care because it doesn't mean, it means to me something different than what you're doing. You're being mean and, and calling names thinking it's going to offend me, but it, it does not. Right. You know, so I um, don't know where I was going with that one. Well, maybe, maybe we can quickly talk about, so you mentioned earlier that the fact that your models were volunteers, like they volunteered to do yeah. this, mattered. Um, can you talk about why it mattered? Because they didn't, the, the mob didn't stop at uh, complaining about the names of things. They then went after your, I guess, the, your choice of model? I'm not sure. Yes. So, so my testers are all volunteers. They don't get paid. I do prizes and stuff, and I give them little like things for participating, but it's not, they don't get a paycheck. I'm not bribing people to do this. Um, and so the testers, they have the choice to submit um, modeled pictures that I can choose to use on the website or for whatever promotional thing. It's not a mandatory thing at all. I have, 
think two of the guys, I don't even know. I didn't even know. I wasn't even paying attention. I was just picking the ones that, that looked the best and showcased the pattern the best. Um, and I put them on the cover of the website for the pattern. And that was well over a year before all this even happened. Um, and so, so after the outrage took place, people started picking on me saying, hey, you went and changed it and you put black people, <laughs> you, you are tokenizing these people, you put them on the cover after this. To oh, so they like, think you went, they think the cover came after their criticism, but it came it. a year before. Uh-huh, yes. Okay. So one of the wives of the, the, one of the guys on the cover, she's amazing, amazing woman. Um, she's Asian and, and she, she came into the chat and she was like, no, my husband's been on there since the beginning. Like this, she didn't change this. Jennifer's not racist. Um, she's amazing. I am, but, <laughs> uh, so, so she kind of, she, she's been a big defender and, and I appreciate her very much, but yeah, so the, these guys were on there since the beginning and they were being picked on for being on the cover, I guess. And they were arguing that you were tokenizing them to yes. try and appease the angry mob. Yes. Which is crazy because I, I want to point out something they do. Um, if you had not had men of color as models for over a year before this happened, they would have pointed to the fact that if your models had been white, all white, they would have said, look, see, all the models are white. But they couldn't do that. that, that and so then what did they do? Then they say, oh, oh, well, they're men of color, but they're tokens. Like they, they're always going to find yeah. a way to, to, it doesn't matter what you do. And this is why uh, I think your strategy was the best strategy or your decision was the best decision in, in how to deal with one of these attacks was just to be true to yourself and to continue what you were doing. Because when you try to appease them, it doesn't matter anyway. We saw in the in the knitting um, SJW wars recently, um, a post where uh, they were calling out the knitters who had capitulated, who had apologized and bowed to the mob. And they said, we see you, that we see that you're using models of color now as tokens. And they said, we don't want your, they use the, this is a new SJW phrase, performative allyship. We don't want your performative allyship. You know, that's not enough. And so it, again, it, if you try and change and if you try and apologize, it's, they just own you. You're going to keep apologizing. Nothing you do is going to make them happy. And the fact that you, you didn't change, you already had models of color. You weren't tokenizing people. These are people who volunteered. Um, must have driven them crazy. I, I saw in the comments, you mentioned the wife of one of the models. She was in there saying, like you said, I saw it. She was like, uh, I know Jennifer. She's not racist. My husband and I love her patterns. You know, we're not white people. <laughs> and that, and then and then it was amazing to watch um, the white women, because it's mostly white women who, who preach this ideology. It's not entirely, but a lot of the, the SJWs online who make the biggest noise are white women for some reason, it was amazing to watch white women then try and tell her how this was racist towards people of color like herself and she should be offended. They're, they're telling her what she should be experiencing and feeling. It's, and, it, and it goes right over their head that you're in here as a, as a white person telling people of color, that, pretending to speak on behalf of an entire racial group, one that you don't even belong to, 
and and then telling individuals who are, are part of these different racial groups you don't belong to what they sh- what their opinion should be about it. That's incredible to me. I I have I have a question. I just want to make that point for anyone watching. It's like that's that you will see that over and over. But um, uh, I do I do have a question. It's not related to that. I have a question that I want to make sure we get to. So so what? Three months later. What has been the overall fallout from all of this? Has it, where are you now? Has, have your, um, was it the right, do you think you made the right decision? Absolutely. Uh, Had your, okay. How was your business affected? Did it, did you gain followers? Did you lose people? So, okay. So at the beginning of November, I was at, okay. So my Facebook page has around 3000 people and I'm not very active on the actual page. It's, it's more my group. I find people are more active in groups because it's not like on their wall and people don't, their friends don't have to see their junk, you know, in the group. So my group had just over 9,000 when this started. And it, and I was um, projecting at the end of November because of the giveaways and the things we were giving away a serger, which is almost a $200 machine. Like there was, I mean, there was like a lot of good prizes um, that we would hit about 10,000. So it was my two year and 10 K celebration. So this all went down. I was at about 94 or 9,400. And I think I lost, the number went down. By the end of the month, I was at around 9,200. I mean, I definitely lost a bunch, but I gained, I gained just as many as I lost. And I I attribute that to your show probably, or, you know, just normal people (laughs) that that saw what was going on. so, and now I'm, I'm over 10,000 at this point. Like I've got almost 11,000 in my group. And, and those people that join groups like that, they are, they are customers. They're not, you're not going to join a group unless you're interested in what it is, you know? So that's where I base it. I, I feel like everything's okay. It was very hard. November was a very, very hard month. Like I said, there was some drinking going on. Um, it was hard <laughs> to get through. Um, but, you know, you get through it. You get through it. And there was a lot of, I banned, I banned a lot. I banned a lot of people just so I didn't have to hear them or see them anymore. So yeah. I had a tip. If this happens, and I don't know how, how it works with Instagram very much because I'm not really active on there as much. But on Facebook, um, I'll throw stuff out in a group and then it gets, you know, like like bait. Well, not like bait. I'm, not, I'm actually advertising. But then you get somebody who will say something and then you'll see a bunch of likes on their stupid comment. So then you just go and you find these people because you can see who liked it. You go down the list. You're like, okay, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. In my world now, I think I've gained about 80 people. Uh, and it's not that much. I, I don't see any of that nonsense anymore. So my world is quieter. It's um, better. It's healthier. And the crazies are gone. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> so would you would you recommend like another business that was uh that had a similar issue happen to them would you say what would you what would your advice be now uh, if you could go back to early november or october and talk to yourself what would you what would you say oh gosh i would say i wouldn't change anything i I don't adversity is it builds character um i 
okay, people yelling at me, white privilege, white privilege. I will tell them there is no white privilege in my life. Like, I uh, I did not go to college. I barely graduated high school by mail. Like, I didn't even go through high school. Um, nobody nobody gave me a thing. I've never had a white privilege event. I don't even know what that is. So, it's, I mean, I've, I've, I've grown, and it builds character. It gives you strength. So, I mean, even with the junk that's in my past that I carry on my baggage, like, I wouldn't change any of that either, you know? Like, people have horrific events in their life, and they want to blame that until they're adults, and they want to keep crying about it, but, you know, put on a pair of big girl pants and just deal with it, because <laughs> seriously, it just, it only helps you. And some things, you know, like, I, I'm not going to get into on the show, but they were horrific, <laughs> and they, they do change your life, and they do build character. So again, even though it was terrible going through it, I would not change a thing. So you would uh, you would recommend I, that people push back, don't apologize, and just yes, that's whips. what you're going to do for this type of situation. Okay, <laughs> wait, feel, wait the storm I, out. I just wanted to jump in and say uh, you said big girl pants, and I'm righteously offended. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> maybe that should be one of your new patterns. <laughs> I could, I could do a lingerie, but big girl pants, not enough. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. <laughs> so what are you working on now? What's coming out? What's new for a little ragamuffin? So I do have a collection called the Hellcat collection. And I had two patterns come out last year. And I'm working on a new one that should be out about a week, week and a half, two weeks, something like that. It's a wrap dress. It's super cute. Um, I have a kid's version of it. It's my first kid, Hellcat, which we're going to name. It's Little Spitfire. So. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Thank you. I do appreciate naming things. Like, it takes me a while to name something. So that was the other thing. When they started coming after me for my names, I was like, you people, you need to shut up. Like, I, I, <laughs> I love my names, you know? Yeah. Well, oh, I'm pretty yeah, sure I, this is I, racist. I'm looking at your Hellcat bundle now, and there's got to be something racist about it. I just haven't figured out what it is yet. So, I don't know. Okay. I don't know maybe because it's from, like, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s style. Oh, yeah. Thank you for pointing it out. Yes, you're a Nazi. There Thank you. Have it. And they've said that about me, too. They're like, oh, vintage doesn't have to be racist. There's plenty of good... Oh, come on, people. Like, it's... One thing I want to say, and I was thinking about this the other day, this isn't, I'm not the only person in the sewing community that this has happened to. It, I mean, there's fabric designers and all kinds of people, they'll put something out and they don't like it and whatever. You guys with the knitting community, um, I think a lot of this stuff is happening in artistic communities mm -hmm. because artistic communities are more free thinking and are more open to creativity. And I believe the, the SJWs, which I learned from you guys. I didn't even know what that was. I was like, what are they talking about? What is that? <laughs> anyway, so um, the creative people, they want to not have creative people. They just want drones. You know, they don't want the, they don't want anybody coming up with anything on their own. So I think a lot of the stuff, which is why they took, they take art, they take all these things out of schools. There's, there's very little creativity left. They put people on the, uh, Ritalin, you know, so, so they don't have yeah. like all the, the thoughts, you know, that's an interesting point. Are, I hadn't really thought of it that way that they like, they don't want the critical thought and they actually, the 
creative thinking is actually a threat to them. And as Carrie and I have talked about, the one of the most visceral ways to um, to put an idea out in culture is through some sort of art, right? It's through some something that uh, speaks to people that bypasses their um, that bypasses their conscious mind and goes directly to how they feel about something emotionally. And so, uh, I guess pattern like clothing patterns that that have some sort of positive association with something that they don't like maybe or that um yeah there's just some some positive association with something they don't like uh maybe need to get shut down and they don't want people starting to ask questions about anything they just i think you're right they just want drones uh certainly that's what public schools are turning out so absolutely I have a problem. they've been going after what'd you say is that I'm a proud homeschooling mom, so there you have it. Yeah, we had a conversation about that <clears throat> beforehand, and I didn't know if you wanted to share it, but you just did. So thank you for being a homeschooling mom, by the way. I think homeschooling is it's very absolutely important. the best thing to Especially, do. Especially, I've already said I'm in Vegas. The schools here, I think we're at like 40, 48 or something. In the, like our schools are the worst. Yeah. So. Hey, I'm in California. We're pretty bad. So I don't know who's worse, but yeah. <laughs> I, I just wanted to comment on the, the what you said Jennifer, about the, yeah, about what you're both talking about, about artistic communities. There is some, there is a lot of truth to that. They, we've seen it also, and we're going to be doing an interview soon um, with a poet who was um, at the end of one of these mobs. They do go after art. And, and, and I think you're right, Carter. And we, we talked about it's because art is a very effective way, whether it's comedy or poetry or music or pattern names like you know they it, it is a very effective way to bring people joy and these people are not joyful they don't th this ideology is about resentment it sucks joy from you and so when they see joy i think there's something automatic in them that makes them want to go attack it it and and the other thing about art is that yeah you can you can get across some some um important ideas within the context of art and and they have it and and this isn't a belief system about I new ideas it's not a belief system about critical thought um it's it's it, they have to stamp that out artists are very effective at changing culture at um eliminating illuminating truths mm -hmm. and so th they go after gaming they go after young adult fiction they go after uh, the fiber community, knitting, sewing, um, poetry, uh, music, because because artists are they're almost like a uh, I don't know if you've read have you read the uh, the War of Art? No. It's a play on the book The Art of War, but the War of Art he um, I think it's Pressfield is his name, and he talks about artists sort of being when they're channeling something that's greater than themselves. You're a channel to, of something, and 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 I'm getting a little um, hippy dippy here and spiritual or whatever. But I think really good art. It's like I don't know if it's it's like this with writing. I don't know if it's like this with coming up with patterns and sewing or naming things. But when it's right, it's like it's not even you doing it. You just this inspiration comes and you're do you're this stuff pours out of you, and the, and they can't. There's like a truth to that. They this ideology is against truth and joy and everything that is good. <laughs> I'll put it that well, way. One, one thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I said it's anti-fun. Just it's anti, you know, happy. Yeah. 
And yes. I, I was I was going to say one thing to notice though is um, you can tell which art they're going to dislike the most based on who it makes happy. So they are they they are against art that makes the people that they hate because they're racist. Remember that these people are racists. So if it if the art is appreciated by a particular demographic that they despise that's why they'll go after the art because the art can't be art can't be argued against you can't convince someone to not enjoy something um you can maybe use sophistry to convince someone to not believe something if they're not good critical thinkers but you can't argue with someone and say like you didn't find that joke funny you don't like that video game this pattern is ugly to you like you can't convince someone of those things they're visceral things and so what they do, if you look at who they've gone after, you know, not always, but often they're attacking things that are liked by communities of people that they hate. And Gamergate is a great one. It was, you know, a bunch of young, mainly white males that enjoy video games. And so, and not just white males, but young men. Men are are toxic and horrible, so they had to go after gamers. They don't like your, your good old boy Western stuff because... People, people who aren't in the woke crowd like that stuff. It resonates with them. And so they're just looking at the demographics saying, the people we hate like this, therefore, and we, and we can't convince them not to like it because it's visceral. So we have to actually, we can't censor the art, but we can censor the artist. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you see it all over, like the David Chappelle, you know, or or mm-hmm. like even Maria Tuscan and her, her new knits that she put are the... Yeah, her new fabric. I'm going sewing community here, fabrics. So anyway, so her new line of stuff that she put out, and I saw that, I went through her thread, and I told somebody that it was art. And they said, no, this is not art. And I'm like, okay, well, it is. So, I mean, right. it's just, it's crazy. It's all crazy. And that was, I, I, oh, so I said that too. I, I put one of my, oh, she's so crazy. Her Look at all the low prices. It was one of my ads. So then they were attacking me because I was anti, uh, you know, mental illness or something because I used the word crazy. <laughs> uh, do you remember? I wait, I don't know. Carrie, do you remember though, Crazy Eddie? Does anyone remember Crazy that's Eddie? That's how the ad was written. It was written like, how, you know, so many <laughs> options with this pattern and it's so cheap or whatever. How crazy, how crazy. They're insane. Yeah. The prices are insane. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. They would have a big problem with that. Well, the <laughs> list of words, the, the list of words and things you're not allowed to say grows ever more long. Like it just keeps getting longer because they have to control language. If you control language, you can control thought, and if you can control thought, you can control people. And so they're very concerned with words that you can and can't say. That's why Maria's yarn names bothered them so much because she used all these magic words that they use and she made uh-huh. she made fun of the magic words. And that is just, that's a I'm huge no no. Don't, yeah, you don't mock the magic words. And uh, so, so that, yeah, that's very, okay. So I'm, I, uh, I bought one of your good old boy patterns, as you know, cause I, I, I didn't find it in my inbox. Anyway, thank you for resetting it. And I'm not a sewer. I have a sewing machine. I've tried to, just like with knitting, I had my little phase where I was trying to sew things, but I wasn't very good. So one of my goals for 2020 is I want to make one of your good old boy Western wear shirts for my fella. And I think well, I, I sent you because you're like, where's my pattern? And I was like, it's in your email. And you thought it was mailed. It's not a paper pattern. Just so I <laughs> These are not traditional paper patterns. They are PDFs that you download. <laughs> I'm so old school. I thought I was going to get one of those 
brown paper patterns. I mean, it's been around for maybe like 10, 10 years, I guess. I don't know, but it's it's not not everybody knows about it. However, I did send you the Outlaw Lady, which is a dress or shirt, so you can make one for yourself. So it's awesome. a matchy match type thing. <laughs> awesome. Hey, I want to give you a slogan if you ever do t-shirts or buttons. Um, you mentioned Waylon Jennings earlier when I asked you to define good old boy. And uh, Carter, I'm going to call you out, Carter. We had an episode where I can't remember. I, yeah, he's like, what are you about to say? Be careful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, my fellow and I were making, we were talking about uh, Willie and Waylon. We came up with this. Now, I say we came up with it. It's one of those phrases that maybe somebody else has come up with too, because it just lends itself. No, just I, get it. Yeah, but we should have shirts that say, "Where there's a Willie, there's a Waylon." <gasps> Isn't that, that good? That is good. And when I, I said it to Carter, he goes, "Yeah, like a T-shirt or a button." And when I said to Carter, he goes, "I don't get it." And I said, "You know, where there's a will, there's a way." And he goes, "No, no, I get that. Who's Waylon?" <gasps> right. Carter. And who's Willie? <laughs> oh my gosh I'm just connecting you guys right now no I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not a country music fan uh, you know what sorry. you don't have to be a country music fan to appreciate what they've done for music in general that's a whole other show <laughs> yeah that's another I'm, show I might have to be though I don't know yeah where there's a Willie, there's a Waylon. Where there's a Willie, there's a Waylon. I love it. Yeah. All right. Um, let's I'll, tell people where they can follow you one more time. I've got to run to where. Oh, I'm sorry, Carter. You go. No, I was just gonna say I will. Uh, I will figure out some good counter arguments to selling that shirt later. Off, off air. <laughs> well, okay. So, so real quick, Willie and Waylon and that whole that whole group of guys, Johnny Cash, they were very liberal. Very liberal. So I wanted to say that too, <laughs> if it got brought yeah. up, because because my my love for the music is not racist. They were not racist, the, and and the time that they came from was the one of the least racist. Even though people say it was was more racist, I feel like we've hit a we hit a point in our in our culture where there was almost probably no racism, and then we've kind of went backwards over the last 10, 15, 20 years. It's kind of reverted because of all this SJW stuff and everything else. So these guys were, um, you know, one of one of Waylon's songs is whatever gets you through the night, like nobody cares what you're doing. If you're having fun, nobody cares. Just have fun, you know? You wanna do this or that, doesn't matter. So anyway, just thought that I'd throw that out there. No, I agree. I think I think that we, um, we were progressing. We, so so the ideals like speaking of western and i and i don't mean western now i don't mean western as in country western i just mean western um western ideals of like individuality personal freedom personal liberty mm -hmm. we those we were we were on a path to eradicating a lot of different forms of tribalism racism sexism those things and then this this ideology kind of took root um i know it started I know it started many decades ago, but at least at least in in how I've seen it manifest, twenty years ago is when I was indoctrinated into it. And back then, it wasn't a very mainstream thing. It was just it was just in academia. That's where I was learning. It was in college. 
but it's progressed in the past 20 years to the point where I think you're right. We've we've started regressing. We've started becoming a more racist society. We've started becoming um, a more tribalistic society because of this belief system. And and that period of time you're talking about with outlaw country, with um, you know the highwaymen, uh, Willie Wa- William Whalen. It's like that was a time of that was when I think things were still we were still on the progression path. It was it was becoming like it was a less racist time. It was about individualism. It was you had you had the anti-war movement. Um, you had peace and love. I mean, it was all about being yeah. happy and and promoting happiness. Now they this this whole thing is promoting misery and and just terrible just terrible behavior. It's, it's horrible. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I have Carter, nothing to add, guys. So, I mean, of course, I agree. Yes, I mean, yeah, I I agree. It was. Highway men, wait, racist. what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still wrapping my head around this country music thing, but um, yeah, I mean, we've talked about it. It's it was obviously moving on a path of of less racism, and you know, academia is uh, <clears throat> academia is like typhoid Mary, just going around spreading bad ideas in the rest of the culture. That's, yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think, Carrie, I think you have to run, right? I do. I've got to go to work. I just want to say um, on behalf of, I'm going to speak on behalf of Carter. Okay. On behalf of Unsafe Space, and we're very happy to have you here. And uh, I'm I'm glad that we're talking to you a few months later, because I want, I also want people to see, you know, what you said about how you wouldn't change a thing about it. It's like, it's not it, it in november was a very hard month for you when you're in the fire i'm sure i haven't been in the fire like this but i can only imagine i'm sure that it can seem overwhelming at times and like you said you had to turn your phone off and step away from social media for a while um but but just know that there's just just if you stay true to yourself i think i think there's a light at the end of that tunnel, and um, I'm I'm so glad that to hear that we get to hear from someone like you, and hear what's happened with your business, which sounds like it's thriving. And congratulations to you, and you're an inspiration. So well, thank you, thank you. It is a, it is a dark time. You do feel like the world is crashing down on you when it's happening, but the light at the end of the tunnel, it's a true thing. It happens, and as long as you you know stick to your stick to your beliefs and stick to your guns, it's You'll get there, you know. And we are we are at past ten thousand now. So the doubters out there, if they're watching, ha 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 ha, <laughs> I did it. <laughs> I did it. And we're gonna have another big giveaway. So, um, you know, come and come and see that. It'll be amazing. Cool. Well, congratulations, Jennifer. Thanks again for joining. Hey, thank you for having me. Alrighty. And where can people follow you? Oh, so uh, my Facebook page is Little Ragamuffin. My Facebook group is ragamuffin patterns i'm on instagram at lil underscore ragamuffin underscore um and i have a youtube channel don't really do a whole lot with it but it's there it's little ragamuffin cool great thank you thank you guys thanks for tuning in if it's your first time watching deprogrammed um Hit like, subscribe if you want to share the episode and you guys can visit us online at unsafespace.com oh Wait, I forgot something. So I put a coupon code up for you guys, and it's Carter and Carrie kick ass. So 50% <laughs> off any one pattern. Anybody wants one 50% off pattern. Carter N with an N, Carrie kick ass.
Uh, I'm flattered. Thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. Carter, you need to make some big girl pants. Uh, <laughs> all right. Thank you again, Jennifer. I uh, really appreciate it. Good to chat with you. Nice to see you guys. One final note. After we recorded this episode with Jennifer, she sent me an email with a couple points she wished she had made during the show. I'm going to read those points to you now. One, the ones making all these accusations about me had never ever bought a single thing from me. I looked them up in my customer database and there are zero orders from them. So this group of individuals are not customers. People need to know that. They do not buy anything. They just go around causing trouble. And her second point was, Facebook banned me for four weeks during all of this for going against their community standards. All the nasty stuff said about me, written on Facebook, and I never said anything back. This group would report my ads in sewing groups as racist content. After two reports, you get banned. On top of it, there is no way to fight it and no way to talk to anyone at Facebook about it. You just have to wait until the ban is lifted. Once it is lifted and they saw I was active again, they reported me again. This put the ban on one more time, but for twice as long. This happened a third time, all in a single month period. So those were the extra points Jennifer wanted to make. I hope you enjoyed watching the show. We'll see you next time.